and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And we are back. <laughs> we <laughs> took a little bit of a break, a little bit of a longer break, I think, than we had originally planned on. But not, not too terrible. Not the worst no. we've ever done. <laughs> not the worst. <laughs> oh, and so here we are. And this is even a little bit later than we had originally thought we were going to be able to record this episode due to... Uh, Wi-Fi issue. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we, we thought we had, a, or I thought I had a good Wi-Fi connection, and it turns out that being far away from a router is not a great way for us no. to to record. It so. would have been the most awkward recording you would have ever heard because yeah, so. there was a bit of a delay. So then we would have just been constantly saying, "Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, what'd you say? Sorry, I interrupted you. What, what was that? What was that? <laughs> so we decided to wait a few more days and record when we knew we had stable internet. We were back in our Houses. So here we are. So hello, Anne. Hello. <laughs> we thought for this episode, we would just do kind of a catch up episode, talk a little bit about why it was such a long break. I think some people know that, but we will go over why it was such a long break. And we're going to talk a bit about our reading over the last few months and how what we what was going on in our lives impacted our reading, either in good ways or bad ways. So just kind of dive in. You want to share with our listeners what your life has been like the past few months, Anne? No, I want you to because you have a much more interesting life for the past two months. So you do Well, it. no, everybody knows what my interesting thing was, which is I got married <laughs> back in May. And it was great, too. It was wonderful. It was so much fun. We had oh, just a fabulous, fabulous wedding, a fabulous weekend, really, of having all of our friends and family here. And it was perfect. It was record-breaking heat here in North Carolina so that was a concern of mine how that was going to impact our weekend plans but it all worked out just fine and then there was also our venue where we got married overlooked it overlooks a baseball field where the Durham Bulls baseball team used to play they don't play there anymore but it's still it's like a historic right it's a historic baseball field if you've ever seen the movie Bull Durham it's where that was filmed or the baseball scenes were filmed in that movie and for the first time in something like 10 years, they were having a concert there the night of our wedding. <laughs> and I was very concerned about that, uh, but that worked out just fine. It was not, it was actually kind of cool that it was going on right yeah. next to where we were getting married. And they, we, there's a nice big patio at our venue that people, or deck, I guess, and people could stand out there and it overlooked the baseball field. And so people could stand there and basically watch the concert, which was kind of nice. So it was wonderful. And then we, uh, you and I got to see each other, not as much as Mm -hmm. I would have wanted because there were lots of other people for me to see, but we, you and I got to see each other. And then uh, Jeremy and I went on a honeymoon for 10 days right after that, a few days after we got married. And that was amazing and relaxing and just absolutely lovely and then that's it and then we now we've been actually we went to the beach again for the fourth of july and now we're back i went to dc for a work conference so there's just been a lot of kind of travel and upheaval in in my life but now we're yeah not not a lot that's settled right 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 but all in good all in good ways i would say lots of good stuff going on and it was again we have i think i have a picture in fact i don't even know if i've shared it with you ann i have a picture of the two of us from our wedding i thought we could put that up in the show notes i thought that would be kind of fun oh if only if it's good well i'll pass it by you first okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) all right now you share about your life well the what i i just wanted to say the wedding was fabulous it was such a great like declaration of love it was just so sweet and i loved being there and i loved like I, I've said to you as I was leaving, thank you for having this, for planning it so that there was a, a show going on outside for those of us who suffer from social anxiety because it was like the perfect, like there there was an activity right. there was to, something to be to, had at the right. same time. Yeah. And so, yeah. but the food was great and there were just lots of, lots of very personal touches and, and that was, that was, it was just very, a very special time oh, to, thank to you. be there. So yes. I really liked it. Thank you for coming. We really appreciated There were people showed up. I mean, people were there. It was so nice. There were people like you that basically didn't know anybody else there and they still came um, because they love us, I think. And and I don't know, I think probably everybody feels that this way uh, at their wedding, but 
we were just surrounded by so much love and joy from people. It just was so clear how happy people were for us. And, right. And it was, it was really lovely. And we got to see our families who had never been to North Carolina, our extended families, and we really appreciated everybody that traveled for it. I mean, it was just, it was just wonderful. So yeah, um, it was really nice. If anybody out there in the listening world is not married and thinking about getting married, I, I was a skeptic about uh, throwing in a <laughs> wedding. I thought, oh, it's a lot of effort and a lot of money and all these things, but it was well worth it. It was just, it was exactly what we wanted and, and it was even better actually than what I expected, so. Yeah, the thing, the thing that I, I laugh about still is that I got Joseph from you and I took Joseph with me <laughs> to North Carolina. Yes. And he still didn't get to no. go to your wedding. I know, I know. <laughs> he was kind of there, though. So all of our table numbers were our foster dogs that we have had. Not quite all of them. We had fewer tables than we've had foster dogs. But yeah. there we so there was sort of like a drawing of the dog that Jeremy had done from photographs on the computer. And then we did a little description of each foster dog that we had had so you sat at the joseph table <laughs> yeah it was great but it, it just cracked me up that i thought this would be so full circle and jeremy would be so happy know. if joseph were i know were able to trot out but it was it he doesn't have that capacity no. but, um, but yeah it made me that that was one of the things that I, that made me the happiest was that you just had so many personal touches mm-hmm. to to your life and yeah. your life together and, yeah. and that was one of them and so um yeah, it was just great. Oh, it was thank amazing. You. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so fill everybody in about your life. Um, nothing. Uh, well, you went, you traveled like, to Europe. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. So <laughs> I went to uh, Eurovision this year, and it was super super fun. It was in Italy, and I have a friend who I've known for for. I don't know, 15 years at this point and I've tried to get her to be into Eurovision for um, several years not not like a really dedicated effort but I did visit her once when she was living in London and it was Eurovision week and I tried I had her watch it with me and she was just like that was nice and then last year her family decided to get super into it and now she's all into it and I will not give her, or I will not stop giving her guff about it because. <laughs> just keep oh. saying, I tried to tell you. Yeah, I told, I told you, so. you could have had this in your life for, for at least seven years and, and you, you chose not to. And she's all, I know. So anyway, but she's, she just was dying to go. And so she, this is the friend that was, uh, she works um, overseas and she was stationed in Kiev and then had to evacuate and uh, evacuated to Rome. And so then. We were. In, she was already in Italy, and we had already sort of tentatively talked about going to um, to Eurovision together this year, and so it worked out really well. So, um, so I we we traveled together. We're really good travel friends too, and um, and we just had the best time. It was so much fun, and and um, yeah, it was it was. There's there's nothing quite like Eurovision live. <laughs> so, um, so we we saw some shows. Uh, one of the semifinals we went to for the live, uh, you know, televised show, and then we went to some of the rehearsals because we couldn't get tickets for for anything else. Um, but then you know, Italy is also Italy, and so we just ate amazing food and got gelato. Uh, probably twice a day, <laughs> every day. Um, as well, got, as you should when you were as you Italy. should, yeah. And I, I, I did get super, super sick at the very end, which I was terrified was COVID, and and luckily, or I didn't test positive. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Who knows? unclear what? whether you actually had it or not. Right, right. Um, so that last day I just was, was felt so horrible. And the only thing that sounded good was gelato. And that was the first time I got a three scoop gelato and I, that's the way to do it. I, I don't know why I didn't get come up with that faster. <laughs> so, um, so that was great. Um, other than that, it's been reading list stuff. And so that was one of the reasons that, that I think we, we wanted to delay coming back um, at least on my end was that I was just so busy with mm-hmm. that that judging month that happens in June. So so yeah, that was uh, those are really fun months, but they're stressful. So it it I was sort of looking for ways to simplify my life a little bit um, in order to get all that reading done. So yeah, and then and then since then work has just been really busy. So even mm-hmm. though I've been 
I guess ALA was in at the beginning of no ALA was in the middle of June for you. It's a, it was something like the twenty fourth or something. Yeah, that I was thinking it was around the end of July. Yeah, yeah, no, no it's, it's the end of June. Yeah, yeah, but our our judging ended in the middle of July because of ALA because people needed some more time um, for the for traveling to the conference. So, so yeah, it's just it's it's been kind of frantic and mm. then and then after that was over then work started to get really frantic and so now we finally have time yes and we have back. time to record and we are back okay so given all of that your travel and busy work life how has your reading been the last few months um actually better than it was the rest of the spring mm. I really really struggled to to get into the reading list mindset mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for the way that I needed to for this the spring and I will blame that 100% on my New York Times crossword ah! app on my phone ah! because my sister has been saying how much she for I think pretty much the entire pandemic um, she has talked about how much she loves doing the daily crossword and I was like oh that sounds so fun I love crosswords but I don't do them very often and but that sounds really fun and then I think I probably wanted an article from the New York Times and I just decided I needed to finally buy a subscription and then you have this add-on of the the crossword app and I'm like, oh yes, I can do that. And I swear, it just broke my brain. I just wanted to do nothing but crosswords. And so um, some days that can be really like the earlier in the week they're really easy but then it can get to be like oh, an yeah. hour plus oh, yeah. of doing the crossword and, and well beyond an hour, an hour at um, certain days of the week. So um, so that's a lot of time that it will take away. So I just was not mentally there and right. not definitely not doing as much reading as I needed to. But so so it really actually helped to have that responsibility of you have to read all these books in a month because that sort of shifted mm-hmm. um, my brain. And I got to read a lot of really good things. Mm-hmm. And I, I also read some really dumb stuff, too, <laughs> but I can't can't speak to that. Uh-huh. Um but but I did. I, I felt like I was I was a little bit more like things had been vetted. Right. Maybe, right. Than, more than just me going through and saying, OK, what's this random book that I requested four months ago? Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I, I found a lot of stuff that I, I really um, probably will consider favorites for the year. Oh, so, nice. um, yeah. So that was that was very helpful. Um, I think it's always hard to travel and read personally. Yes, yeah. So um, but I think uh, I did some good reading on the on flights and yeah i always appreciate that that dedicated time to not i mean i I also like watching movies on flights too Mm -hmm, so that's a little bit tricky but but it's it's nice to just have my phone off and not get distracted by uh pretty much anything yeah it's very very helpful so so um, do you want to give us a sneak peek into some of those that you said were really good you don't have to say too much but yeah um some of them i know are are things that you will also Mm -hmm consider favorites okay. so feel free to chime in okay. on, on some of them so my number one probably that I read that I loved was book lovers by <gasps> Emily Henry so great so great oh I loved so it so great. much yep. and so I I've come a long way on romance uh-huh. as you know um, pretty much dedicated completely to your efforts so, <laughs> so proud. You, you can be pleased with that yes. yeah um but I still I don't know that I ever, when I read romance, I never feel the emotions I know that other people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because I'm I'm someone who who gets like I definitely get that like squishy feeling when I watch lots of things, but it's more like a glance right. that will do that to me. Like like I always think of that scene in the 1995 Pride and Prejudice where uh, there there's a scene where Elizabeth is is helping. Um, Darcy's sister at the piano and then they she sort of looks up and they they gaze at each other and to me that's just like the squishiest ah! moment in like, oh my gosh it's so romantic and you just don't get that when yeah. you read romance yeah it takes a lot more I think in a romance to evoke those sorts of feelings right. yeah right and so so I, I read a lot of romances for for committee things and I just I'm always like I know that was good and I know that was cute but I don't I never, ever, ever have that squishy feeling. And I had that feeling for in book lovers because it's just, I think it, I think it, it's not a, a comedy right. really, but it's still kind of light in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But the, the issues that they have to overcome are a little bit more adult feeling right. than 
a lot of what is coming out in romance mm-hmm. right now with with contemporary romance mm-hmm. and so i just really the fact that they have to work through these issues and and they're not so much they're they definitely are damaged people but it's 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 more than that too mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like there's just a, a lot of layers of mm-hmm. of difficulty that they have to get through and it's also um very much trying to evoke the the feelings of a uh, hallmark right right and comment on those yeah. sort of tropes but also completely turning them on their head and i just i love that so much so this is one that i I will definitely have in my top yeah. 10 of the year and and I wrote you know in my notes about it I think this is my favorite romance that I've mm-hmm. ever read because mm-hmm. it just I just was completely enthralled by their relationship and and it was great oh, so yay. yeah so good so that's one of so them. good um the other one I think the most about is the it girl by Ruth Ware mm-hmm. and um I'm a sucker for uh uh dark academia novel especially if it's british university systems so uh this one takes place at oxford and it's a thriller that is um about someone who is is uh remembering it kind of goes back and forth in time of of the the time that she was a freshman in oxford and her roommate was murdered Mm -hmm. and um and then she was the key witness in the person who was um eventually convicted of that crime and then 10 years later she's sort of realizing that there are some gaps in what she assumed from from mm-hmm. what she saw mm-hmm. um and i i just i i loved that i cared about the characters and mm-hmm. i felt like it didn't have a twist at the end mm-hmm. but it just played really fair mm-hmm. with the information mm-hmm. that it had been given mm-hmm. and um I get really I, I love thrillers, but I get really, really down on thrillers too because I feel like so often it just is something kind of coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. that is the solution mm-hmm. or something that's like, well, yeah, that's the obvious right, right thing that that doesn't surprise me. And this one I, I just I was just very invested in it and, yeah. and thought that the setting was really well done. Um, so I'm I'm pretty stoked about that one too. Yeah, that one was good. I like that. I the pro- my problem with that not problem, but I have read multiple books over the last year or two that are that same premise of yeah. somebody died in college and now 10 years later for yeah. some reason we are questioning if we actually what we thought happened had happened and so I think that that took the shine off of that one a little bit for me yeah I can uh, definitely understand yeah, that yeah so I think if I had not read those other ones this would have been a favorite of the year for me yeah. too but it just it felt like okay that was good <laughs> it wasn't a yeah, standout yeah, yeah. for me but I could yeah. I would highly I've recommended it to people because I think it can be a standout for other people it just wasn't necessarily yeah and and I think she does she does really well mm-hmm. like her she's just one of the best thriller writers that for that's sure. out there right now yep. and so um and so even if she's doing something that isn't the most original premise I think yeah. she still is is doing really good right like, the execution like, is yeah. Yeah, like it feels very solid. Right. Everything feels right. solid about yes. it. So yes, um, I agree with that. Yeah. Um so those are my two big ones. Yeah. I, I have more that I liked, mm-hmm. but but those are the, the two that mm-hmm. really stand out as as favorites that right. I've read so far. So I will turn the time over to you. Okay. So <laughs> I uh I've been reading lots of beach reads, what I would consider beach reads. And mm. loving it. Absolutely loving it. And taking pictures of you on beaches. On beaches reading, reading. beach reads is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, so those of you who are listening, I'm guessing most of you do not follow me on Instagram. But if you do, this year, uh, you know, I have been posting every single book I read on Instagram. I started just doing them as Instagram stories and then heard from some people that they wanted to go back and see what I posted. It was too hard in the Instagram stories format. So now I also do a post of every book I read. And so I had a very good time because I went on my honeymoon and then again to the beach for the 4th of July. So I had lots of opportunities to be taking pictures with beach books on the beach or near the beach, which is super fun. So I have a new to me favorite author who I had read a couple of her books before, but and liked them because when I went back and looked at my Goodreads ratings, they were four stars, both of them, I think. But for some reason, she wasn't one that if I thought to myself of favorite authors or if she had a new book coming out that was a must read kind of thing, she just, for some reason, it just 
slipped out of my brain. But I read Vacation Land by Meg Mitchell Moore on my honeymoon. Oh. It was actually the last book I read on my honeymoon. It was a great way to end a, a vacation at the beach and really liked it and then read a couple of books following that one and kept thinking to myself, what I really want to be reading is more of the Vacation Land book. Like it just <laughs> it just hit a very sweet spot in my reading life for me. It's family drama. It's summer at the at the some sort of water source, either like an ocean or a lake or something. It, it changes depending on the book. And some romance, but it, romance isn't the main thing. So then I immediately, literally the day I got home from my honeymoon, I had gone to the library to get two more of her books. So I read a couple books that were not by her and then thought, nope, really what I want to be reading are her books. So I then read another one and really liked that. So I read a few more of hers. So she's sort of one, again, I don't think she's going to be everybody's, and she's not even probably my top favorite author, but she was a new discovery for me. I felt like, oh, this is so fun to to find an author that I'm so eager to read her backlist. So that was fun. And then um, standout books for me, I have actually kind of a lot. So I'm going to try to not list them all off these <laughs> to save some for I'm sure at the end of the year but uh yeah Carrie Soto is back which is not out yet it's by Taylor Jenkins oh, Reid that's that, my next book it I'm comes out in August I'm not sure what date in August I'm sorry about that but it comes out in August fantastic if you like Taylor Jenkins Reid it's right in the lane of what she does so well uh, I thought it was a really really special book it's about a woman who was a tennis phenomenon, won all sorts of tournaments, won all the majors, and then has retired. And somebody has, and she's in her 30s, and somebody, a younger tennis star, is about to take her record and take her, um, you know, however many wins she had. And so Carrie Soda decides to come back and, and play the four major tennis tournaments that are in a year and try to win them all. What I liked about it so much is she is not necessarily, she's a very ambitious person, (laughs) the character. Mm -hmm. And that's not always super likable in somebody that she she can sometimes be, have a hard edge to her. But something about that book, it was so readable. You cared about her. You cared about tennis. I don't particularly care about tennis, but you cared about (laughs) tennis. There's this great father-daughter relationship. There's another tennis player who is sort of past his prime that, is part of this story and gosh I just loved it so I'm putting that on everybody's radar that if you didn't know if you like Taylor Jenkins Reid and she has a new book coming out put it on hold at the library or pre-order or however however you prefer to get books because you're going to want to read it and it's fun it's all in that now universe that she has set up of right. the Evelyn Hugo Malibu Rising um, there's lots of characters that make side appearances in fact Carrie Soto was a side very, very small right. side character in Malibu Rising. So that's kind of fun. Uh, and then I just read last week All My Rage by Sabah Tahir, which... Oh, that's such a good book. It's just ridiculously good. Everybody needs to read this book. It's a teen book, but... I, it's harsh. It's, it's, it's a hard read. Yeah, and yeah. It, it doesn't... Yeah, it, it's just... It's so, so well done. It's about two teenage... I was going to say kids, but they're not because they have to deal with a lot of very adult things in their life. And yeah, I I went into it not knowing anything about it. And so I don't want to say anything about it because I think that really helped. I didn't read a blurb at all. And I'm I'm not sure how much they would give away in a blurb because I fear that they might give away too much uh, in in what they say about it. So I'm just going to say if it's very current, it deals with modern issues that we are all seeing in the news and I think that reading it can help understand perspectives that and experiences that I have not had in my own life. And it was very, made a huge impact on me. And I cried. And any book that can make me cry is almost automatically a five-star book. But mm-hmm. that just it was extremely, extremely well done. Um, and then a couple more that I'll just kind of shout out uh, off to the side are Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tar- Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin uh, about friends who are business partners basically in um, video games and it follows them through years of their lives lives and the ups and downs of their personal relationship and their professional relationship and does some really really cool stuff Gabrielle Zevin is a pretty amazing writer I think and I really loved that one 
if for on more of the rom-com end of things funny you should ask by Alyssa Sussman was adorable it's about it's actually based on a true story of Chris Evans like 10 years ago was interviewed by somebody who he ended up inviting to a movie premiere and <laughs> it imagines what would happen if they like if that really you know what what happened from there and and about it comes back to the the two characters, the journalist character and the Chris Evans character, ten years later, and speculates on if they had the spark and what is that like when you have basically just a normal person and a movie star. And so that was fun. Um, and I listened to that on audio. It was a great audio. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's maybe book lovers. Yes, I would have talked about book lovers, but you already did, so we'll leave that. I be. can't believe that you. Oh, you probably read Lessons in Chemistry before. Oh yeah, I read that back um, in March, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think that was in my my uh, hiatus period. Oh, was it? Did and you so, like it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I loved it. I tried to nominate it, and it got swept out from underneath me, and I was mad. Oh right, <laughs> we talked about this. We talked really, about really mad. Yeah. It was my own fault, but I'm still mad about <laughs> it. But yeah, that one is. Hold on, is, that. that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, just a very. I've I've read some some criticisms of it where I'm like yeah that's fair but I still didn't read it that way so it's mm, but it's very much about um, women in STEM and yeah. and what you know the choices that women have to mm-hmm. make as, as they're being um, shunted to the side as uh, even though they're the smartest person in the room right. and and but then it has this great 1960s setting mm-hmm. along with it and mm-hmm. and it deals with some really really difficult topics but mm-hmm. it doesn't but everything is done in a really light way which mm-hmm. i don't know that i've ever read something quite right. like that it was special um, yeah which actually were some of the criticisms i read i read of it is that people didn't like that they handled something that some some things that are very very serious mm-hmm. in not a serious way and i was like yeah that's that's a valid way of reading right. it that's not how i read it right but, right um have so you, i really loved that one have you watched the tv show julia have we talked about this uh, no, we haven't, and no, I haven't. Oh, you need to watch yet. it. First of I all, know. it's about Julia Child, and you love cooking, so you need to watch it yes. for that reason. But I think it's a perfect read-alike, watch-alike for Lessons in Chemistry uh, yeah. because it's got that similar time frame and this woman who's upending what the expectations are. And I really, yeah, we, we yeah. really enjoyed that show. Yeah, I it's on my list. I know. So many, so many shows to <laughs> Too watch. Too many things. Um, so I have my list of favorites and I have a list of liked. Okay. And those are, those I've put as two separate things. Okay. Um, and so I'll just give a couple of those. So uh, Beasts of a Little Land by Yuhei Kim um, is this kind of sweeping epic set in early 20th century Korea. Um and I'm not, for me, I, I like historical fiction. I'm not a huge fan of saga style right. um, historical fiction. But if that is your jam, then this is very, very well done. And it has all kinds of characters that, that their pieces fit together. Um, as you you are reading about different people, you realize, oh, this is this person that influenced this element of this other person's life. Um, and I just know nothing about the history of north and south korea essentially and so uh, so this was uh you know it does what what i love about historical fiction where you you learn about a, a period through seeing a personal story that takes place during that period so um i would definitely recommend that one it, i i thought it was a little more literary than than what i had been anticipating so um you know know that going into it but it, it's really beautifully written and, and has really great characters um, and then I also, for other historical fiction that I really enjoyed, was The Good Wife of Bath by Karen Brooks. And that takes um, the character of the Wife of Bath from the Canterbury Tales and fleshes out her story. And it's, I think, really hard to do medieval set historical fiction and not have it just be sort of feel play acting, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know quite the right way to describe it, but maybe a little... It, it seems to veer into, like game of thrones territory mm-hmm. so often mm-hmm. and and this is just very much 
it felt very of the time but also was super super readable mm-hmm. and um didn't get bogged down in the details while still mm-hmm. including all the details mm-hmm. uh, it's a really hard balance i think with with um historical fiction and this one i i thought was was just done impeccably well so it's kind of long it's it's about i think 500 pages oh, but wow. it it just read really fast mm-hmm. it it was one that I was sort of dreading a little bit just because of the length. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm just speeding right through this because mm-hmm. it's so it's it has a lot of humor and, and it's very compelling. And so that is another favorite. Well, I don't know, favorite, but I there. haven't liked. Right. I have to think a little bit more yeah. about that. One. Sometimes I think I have to let them sit with me for a while. And then my lasting impression. Some, right. So Lessons in Chemistry is a good example. I just went back and increased my rating of that on Goodreads because I read it like I said, months ago, but I keep thinking about it. And so I'd read right. it at four stars and I'm like, no, that, among, and especially in comparison to my other reading, I'm like, no, that's among the top of what I've read this year. I really, really yeah. enjoyed it. So, and so sometimes it's, it's unfortunate, I think for me, for my own personal reading that I, I rate stuff so soon after I read it and, yeah, and then just sort of move on. But then I don't know, sometimes I need that time away from the actual reading experience to be like no I really yeah. did like that or oh I didn't like that quite as well as in the moment you know oh five stars and then afterwards yeah I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so but I guess that's just a capturing how I felt about it in the moment anyway you were gonna say something else too oh I was just gonna say I do have some likes too I'm gonna throw them out there the maid by Nita Prose was delightful it's a mystery about a woman who is made in a fancy hotel and loves takes her job very seriously loves it she's neurodivergent People look at her and don't always relate to her or, you know, if they know her, they don't always relate to her. And then she stumbles on a dead body in one of the hotel rooms and she's the prime prime suspect. And then she tries to figure out who actually killed the person and and what was going on in the hotel and stuff. And it's it's delightful. If you like mysteries, it's good. And then The Beach Trap by, um, oh shoot, it's Allie. I'm gonna have to, Allie Brady, I think. It's actually two authors and they combine their names into one. But that was, talk about beach read, it's a quintessential beach read, but it was super fun. If you want something light, that's that's kind of perfect for it. Uh, and then Marrying the Ketchups was another one by Jennifer Close that I really liked. It's all set in a restaurant. It's a family that owns a restaurant. And there's a question of what's gonna have to happen to the restaurant after the, the patriarch passes away. and. I've, I worked in restaurants many, many, many years ago, but I find that they're really good fodder for books and movies and TV shows because there's so much inherent drama in a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> and this is, this is great family drama plus some of the restaurant stuff. So I really liked that too. Uh, but what I was going to say, actually I have more, but again, I'm gonna hold them. I'm gonna hold them back. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is you were talking about book lovers and, and coming around on romance, but you're still not necessarily 100% you know, romance isn't necessarily the first thing you're going to always pick up if you have your choice. I have been struggling with romance recently, I've realized, and I go through phases like this, I'll say that. I go through phases where I start reading romance, and at first I think, this is adorable, this is delightful, I love it, and then maybe 100 pages in or so I think, okay, I get it. (laughs) I know where this is going to end up. This is not holding my attention anymore. And so I've definitely been going for the romance, and I think Book Lovers falls into this category. The romance that really veers into relationship fiction, or there's, that's a huge element, right. is the relationships. Those are the romances that I've really been enjoying. That I've, right. I've picked up and put down quite a few romances. It just I thought, mm, all right, this is nice, but not holding my attention. And I always know when I choosing to look at my phone instead of the book that I have in my hand that yeah. that's a sure sign to set the book aside and so uh, yeah I, I in fact I'm going to talk about a, a romance right uh, for my, what I'm reading this week and it's just hard right now I don't I don't know this when I start a, a romance I don't know for sure that it's going to be one I'm going to stick with or not which is a yeah. weird a weird place for me to be right. because usually that's just a go-to kind of comfort and it balances well, the point pardon. too is that's the point of romance right. is that you know how it's going to end and so it's all about how it gets there right and that and that's what i struggle with too is that so many that are coming out right now i think are hitting the exact same beats yep and because i'm reading so many of them for right. this committee i'm like okay now is the point where mm-hmm. this happened mm-hmm. it, it just is not yeah I, i'm i'm not believing the relationship is yeah. is my 
what I, I did like. With, so I have to say, I did really like. Oh, what was it? The Abby Jimenez. I may have talked about this actually. Part of your world. It may have been on our oh, last yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah. I think I may. Have, I really liked that. So I want to put that out there. I really did like that okay, one. Okay, that's good because um, that's one I I need to read soon. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And and the Wedding Crasher by Mia Sosa was cute too. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Usually that's because I read some. I've been trying to mix up my reading as I always do. I would say, but because I have all this freedom now after four years that I've talked about so many times to read whatever I want. I've been trying to read some more literary novels that are getting buzz and things like that. And there were a couple that I read over the last few months that were dark. Uh, I mean, just downright <laughs> dark. And so then I would try to, to balance that darkness. I mean, they made me, a couple of them made me very uncomfortable in a way that books don't often make me that kind of like physically almost feel sick. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I would try to balance that with a romance and then that wasn't really doing it, you know, to, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm off my reading rhythms, but that's where I've been. The romances that are more with the relationship stuff or just flat out relationship fiction, which I always right. love. That's Great. just been more of my go-to recently. So. Yeah. Anyway. That's an interesting development. I know. So stay tuned because, well, and what was funny is, so I have a theory, which I've shared with Anne, but I don't know that I've ever shared it on the podcast actually, that... I used to read a lot of teen books. Right. And then when, and I read romance back in high school and then had gotten away from it. And when I started reading romance again as an adult, I noticed I read far fewer teen books. And my theory is that they sort of slotted into my reading life in the same spot. They were quick to get into the story. They go down pretty easily, even if they're more serious teen books, they're, they're, they tend to be an easier read or a quicker read, I guess. And so mm-hmm. romance filled a very similar slot in my life. And so when I read All My Rage just a couple of weeks ago or last week, uh, which is a teen book, like I said, I thought, oh, maybe I should be trying more teen books again and yeah. and see how that goes. Because it's been, I mean, I just haven't been reading teen books for a while now for, for lots of different reasons. Not that there's anything wrong with them. It's just they just weren't part of my reading life. And I thought, I just thought that. I thought, oh, maybe I should start kind of paying attention to what the teen books are that are, people are talking about and saying. Yeah. And that's how, I, that's how I picked up All My Rage is it was, it just keeps appearing so many places as saying best of the year so far, you know, top of the yeah. list kind of thing. And so I thought, well, I want to read that. And so anyway, so that's my little side tangent about, I did think that like, oh, maybe if romance is not quite hitting that sweet spot for me right now, maybe I should pick up some teen novels for the quicker when I want something quick or when I want something to balance some of the heavier stuff that I'm reading. Right. So. Right. I did. I did all my rage for my mock prints. I figured. Um, I figured you did. Yeah. yeah. And listened to it. And it was really good for that. But I've, but we've read some other stuff this year. We're not reading quite as many as we used to. We used to do two a month and now it's, um, everyone's kind of burnt out yeah. on that and so um, so we're just doing one at a time and I've read some other stuff that I haven't liked at all that I feel like is trying to I won't, I won't say specifically what they are because mm-hmm. I don't want to you know impact right. other people right. but um but they it feels like they're trying to be versions of the hate you give oh, and yeah. and it just it it's not landing at mm-hmm. all and so and so it's it's been interesting because I've I've been in the th- the mindset of our team I used to love reading teen novels so right. much, and now I'm I'm kind of not feeling it yeah, right now. They've all the rage, which I really loved, and so that's interesting that you're coming back to it. And I'm well, we'll see. I've only done one. <laughs> yeah, I've only read one. <laughs> this is the the future of teen novels. I do have I do have one I just picked up from the library, which is Hotel Magnifique, which seemed it seemed like a night circus kind of a book. Which, as you know, night circus is one of my favorites. Yeah. So I thought I'll give that one a try next. But you might have to tell me what I should be reading from the last few years of teen books that I've missed out on. Ooh, I'll have to think yeah, about think that. Yeah, think about that. All right, well, we've been yammering on for almost 45 minutes, so you should What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so why don't we take a little break, and then we'll come back with – well, actually, before we do that, is there anything else you would like to share about this hiatus that we took, about your reading or anything else? I feel like I'm leading into – 
or like I, there should be something. No, I just didn't want to cut you off if there was something else. Oh no, okay. I was like, do I did something happen that I'm supposed no. to talk about? No, 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 no. Oh. I just thought I was ready to move on, and I thought, well, no, you may you might not be ready to move on. Oh no, no. I think okay. we're good. Okay, <laughs> okay. We will be right back with what we're reading this week. All right, Anne, what are you reading this week? I am reading Mika in Real Life oh, by Amiko Jean. I Have you read this yet? No, I want to. I want to. Yeah. I, I, it seems very up your alley, yeah. so I was assuming that you would have it on your list. Yep. Um, it actually comes out on August 9th, and so I got an advanced listening copy, which I always think those are so much fun to get. Like, advanced yes. print copies are fun, but advanced listening copies, that's, right. that's a little bit crazy. So. <laughs> Um, so I'm liking that. And it's about a woman named Mika Suzuki who has just been fired from her job when the book starts. And that would already be bad enough. But she's 35 and the job was not anything to be excited about. It was basically kind of a glorified internship. And that's sort of what she's been doing for her entire adult life is is doing these sort of dead end jobs that are very entry level and, and don't require a lot from her. And so um, so she's upset. But but that's just sort of par for the course she but she realizes that she's never really achieved any of the dreams that she she had as a as a young woman and as a a teenager um and that's doubly difficult for her because she had she got pregnant when she was 19 and ended up giving the baby up for adoption um she was a freshman in college and the reason she did that was because she wanted not only for her daughter to have a, a better life than what she could provide, but she also wanted to achieve her dreams. And so that that seemed like like a good sacrifice. And so um, she also has very traditional parents who wanted her to fulfill these ambitions or at least some ambitions. They She was an art student and they actually were not into that, but but they um, this this was the the decision that was made uh, through through their influence but because she never really panned out with any of her dreams then it sort of feels like well what was the point of giving up my baby so she she does know that her daughter has a very good life she gets um yearly updates and she was adopted by a family in ohio and she's very grateful that she made this decision and that that they have done everything that she couldn't do for her daughter but but she just doesn't feel like the sacrifice was really worth it when she didn't do anything that she mm-hmm. that she'd planned mm-hmm. for herself so so she's in target after she's just been laid off and or has been fired mm-hmm. and she's picking up some snacks to wallow <laughs> and she as you do. is as, as you do um and she gets a random phone call and it's her daughter who is now 16 and her name is Penelope. And she um, found Mika online uh, with, the, with the very little info that she had, but because of her uh, name and, and how many um, Japanese people there are in mm-hmm. Portland, she, she felt like she could narrow her down. And so I think she was calling every person that she could. And so, um, so she just calls her randomly. And so, um, she goes by Penny, and Penny wants to connect with with Mika and learn as much about she can as as, um, as much as she can about her history and and about Mika, um, especially because she has white adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have these conversations, and Mika instantly starts embellishing her life because she's just not very proud. She realizes mm-hmm. of what she's accomplished during that time, and so she says that she's still with her last boyfriend, and that she has started this gallery for local artists, and she just thinks this is all harmless she just wants this this girl to be proud of her mm-hmm. but then penelope says i want to come visit you <laughs> so um there are um you know there's no way that this is going to go badly right. essentially so that's about where i am in the book um but but mika decides that she needs to keep this up and so she recruits her friends to to help her pull this off so based on that the sound the plot sounds a little bit more chiclety that mm-hmm. i think than than what it actually is mm-hmm. um it tackles some really deep things and i'm i i probably should give a, a trigger warning that i think that there is probably a sexual assault that that happens uh, in the book okay. um i i haven't gotten that far but just reading some reviews i think that that's probably the case um but it, so it's dealing with that it's dealing with um the the sense of responsibility and expectation that um, that Mika feels from her Japanese parents and, and what it means to be the the first generation um, American mm-hmm. that 
that really impacts the, the expectations that her her parents feel for her and she has a really difficult relationship with her mother and so it's it it seems like it's hinting at that early on and i'm i'm thinking that we'll delve quite a bit into that mm-hmm. later um i'm i'm identifying with it because it's i, I think there's a, a big market right now for books about women who have sort of not uh have have stayed in a bit of a, mm-hmm. a proja- protracted uh, adolescence, right, I guess right. would be a way of putting it, like your flea bags and right. and things of that nature. Um, and that's definitely the case in this book. But then this is getting into what your choices of the past have have um, are now things that you have to grapple with. That's not the part that I'm identifying with it so much. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't give a, a baby up for adoption, but I think that that thinking about being older and having a lack of responsibility and looking back at your life and wondering like what choices you made that have led to mm-hmm. not having a lot of responsibility is something that I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's just handling things in a little bit of a different way than I think um, I've seen in, in other books mm-hmm. that are handling similar characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm finding that really interesting and it's been getting really, really great reviews and, um, so I think this could be a very popular book. Yep. I'm hoping it's popular. I'm really liking it so far. And that is Mika in Real Life by Amiko Jean. I just saw that they, uh, somebody, some website I read about books scooped that that's going to be the Good Morning America pick of August. Oh. Uh, for their book club. It would not surprise me yeah. one bit. Yeah. It feels very uh, National Book Club-y yeah. to me. <laughs> okay, so what I'm reading as I implied earlier is a romance. It's called The American Roommate Experiment. It's by Elena Armas or Armas. And this is the follow-up to the Spanish Love Deception, which came out last year and sort of went viral on TikTok, I believe, as part of the story is that I think it was self-published originally and, and gained some traction and then got picked up by a big publisher. I think, possibly. Don't quote me on that. But I do know it has made the rounds since then. I mean, there's still a long holds list, the library for the Spanish Love Deception. So this is not out yet. It comes out in September. I'm reading an advanced reader's copy of it. And it is, as so many romances, it is, it is the main character of this one was a side character in the first book, which again, I have not read, so can't speak to how much she is in that. But her name is Rosie, and she is the best friend of Lena, who was the heroine of the Spanish Love Deception. And you learn right away that Rosie is staying in Lena's apartment because while Lena is on her honeymoon, because the ceiling has crashed in at Rosie's apartment. And she had a key to <laughs> Lena's apartment and figured, well, she's on her honeymoon. I'm not going to bother her to ask. Like, I'll just go stay there. It's no big deal. Well, so she goes to stay there. And the very first night she's there at about midnight, all of a sudden, she hears somebody trying to get in the door of the apartment and fiddling with the lock and fiddling with the doorknob. And so she immediately thinks somebody is breaking in and calls 911. And as she is saying to the 911 operator, there's somebody trying to break in. The person on the other side of the door is saying, no, I'm not trying to break in. I'm allowed to be here. And <laughs> turns out it is Lena's cousin who has, he not moved there, but he doesn't, He's visiting, I guess, but it's it's clear that there's something that's happened in his past that has caused him to be kind of lost. And so he's coming to stay at the apartment. And he says, no, I promise, I promise Lena knew I was coming. And, and Rosie said, well, why didn't she say anything to me about it? And then she thinks, well, I didn't tell her I was going to be staying at her house. So And she's on her honeymoon. She has lots going on. He has lost his credit cards and so he has nowhere to stay so as the romance premise is that they are going to both stay at the apartment because neither of them really has anywhere else to go it's a small i think studio or one bedroom apartment anyway so they decide that they're both going to stay in the apartment together they'll just make it work it's temporary no big deal and then what you learn is that rosie is also a bit lost at sea because she is an engineer but she quit her job about six months before because in her spare time, she wrote a romance novel that took off, got lots of acclaim, lots of buzz, lots of acclaim, lots of sales. And so she was offered a book deal with a book publisher. 
And so she quit her job so she could be a romance novelist. But now she's approaching the deadline that her draft needs to be in for her second book and has total writer's block. And she doesn't really believe in oh, love. So and fun. so she thinks, you know, she's not sure she's going to be able to write the book. So Lucas is the cousin. I don't know that I said his name. But Lucas suggests that while they're in the situation that they're staying there together, that he they'll have a fake not even a fake relationship, just he'll take her out on dates, like a fake romance, a fake, you know, being swept off your feet kind of situation where they're going to go out. I think it's on five dates is what they decide. And he is going to show her and inspire her how romantic life can be. And then that will give her the inspiration she needs to be able to write her book. So that's the premise. And as I said, it's a cute <laughs> premise. And I'm enjoying it actually quite a lot right now. And so we'll see where, it, again, we'll see. I, I'm not quite sure. Like, I, I'm having trouble with romances right now. But this sounded so sweet. And it's it's sweet, very sweet so far. I don't know if it's going to get steamy or not. I haven't gotten far enough to say. Uh, but it is, I don't know. It's pretty delightful so far. So I'm hoping I'm hoping it's going to be one that, that I can actually stick with and, and read the whole thing. Plus, part of it, too, is I think the there's clearly stuff in both of their backgrounds or, like, the past that they're dealing with, and that mm -hmm. can help to kind of ground romance novels for me when it feels like they're dealing with real-life stuff that potentially is part of what's keeping them from fully committing to the romance or, or whatever it might be. So, And that's clearly they have this career stuff happening and and there's something in Lucas's past that clearly happened. So I don't know what, they, what the past is for him, but I'm guessing I will learn. And that can help make romance feel a little bit more substantial to me. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful this is going to work for me. Uh, so me that too. is The American Roommate Experiment by Elena Armas. That sounds very cute. It, right? Yeah, I think so far. Uh, it sounds a little goofy yeah. and cute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How often are you actually going to be staying in somebody's house with... Oh, oh, and the other thing is, this is the other thing. She, so he, Lucas is Lena's cousin, and Lena had shown Rosie his Instagram at some point or his social media at some point, and Rosie has been secretly kind of stalking him ever since because she thinks he's very attractive, and so she keeps looking. So she kind of knows more about him than she oh. lets on because she's been paying attention to his social media, and so that's another aspect where... I don't know. It's there. It's that sort of cute too. I think is like she's like, oh, I can't. I have a crush on this guy, but I can't tell him that because the only reason I have a crush on him is because I was online stalking him. <laughs> not yeah, really. Yeah. Not, not as a, one does. As one does exactly. Anyway, all right. Well, I don't think we need to. I, I hope we don't have to go back and list off all the books we talked about because I, I did not write them down, and no. I just was talking <laughs> off off the cuff. So. Uh, anyway, I'm sure that when you do the show notes, you'll be able to pull out at least some of the titles. Um, yes. All right. Well, uh, if you would like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at wellreadpodcast. One thing I will say is somebody did give us a suggestion months ago, and we are going to be doing that episode. We just have to plan out when exactly it's going to be. So if if you are eagerly waiting us uh, or uh, waiting on us to do your suggestion, never fear. It will come. It's just we, <laughs> we took a longer little break than we expected. Uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast provider of choice. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talk about in most episodes. <laughs> I don't know if this one's going to happen. Uh, thank you all for listening and happy reading. <laughs>